Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses, and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a mat marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Jeffrey Hazlett. Jeff, in addition to many, many other things, has been the chief marketing officer for Eastman Kodak the founder of the Hazlett Group, and the founder of C-Suite. He's been on Bloomberg Television in addition to every other major media outlet we could probably name, and his bio is way too long to just read, so we're just going to dive right in. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. Let's just get right to the point, start talking about how we can help people. Exactly. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. Where did you grow up? You know, I actually grew up all over the United States. My father was in the United States Air Force. He was a sergeant. And so we moved from Air Force Base to Air Force Base. So I moved. I was born in West Virginia. Uh, we lived in Georgia most of my uh, young adult life or young life. And then uh, finally we moved to South Dakota twice. Um, and finally I ended up going to high school in South Dakota. And then that's where I met my wife and I ended up having children. And, and that's, that's what I call home home. And, then I, and today I split my time mostly between South Dakota and a ranch and, and, uh, and New York City. Wow, that's more places than I can. I think I lost count, uh, but obviously that comes with an occupational hazard of having military, a military parent. How did you get started in business? You know, I I just like to do it. I used to when I was about six years old, uh, I started selling stuff door to door. You know, things like barbecue tickets and things like that for Little League. And then I sold subscriptions to True Grit, which was a weekly magazine. I did that, and then I started a lawn mowing business and. You know, doing all those kinds of things. I delivered. I, I grew up in a trailer park when I was really young because that's what you do in the Air Force. The, our, my parents, you know, didn't have a lot of money, so we lived in the trailer park off the base. And I used to deliver flyers. That's uh, the the management there hired me to deliver flyers. I remember I got seven dollars uh, to deliver a flyer to every single mailbox in the in the park. And I used to, whenever they had a big announcement, I, I was the guy that got called. I got on my bike and. And that's what I did. So, and I've been in business, and just it's been that kind of bug ever since. Yeah, you got bitten with the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial bug quite young, as I think a number of our listeners and myself do. 
whether and, and almost all of them have the nose to nose, toes to toes, door to door selling experience in one way or another. How did you get that? how did you go from that to corporate America? Well, you know, in uh, I just started adding zeros. That, that's the best way to describe it. I, I I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, over 25 billion in transactions, and I managed budgets of 17 billion and or and and 1700 dollars, you know, for that matter. Um, but but I've you know had you know tens of thousands of employees working with us, and and, and then I've had ten employees, you know, so. I've done a little bit of everything, and it just—it all starts by just starting by yourself. Like most entrepreneurs, you start with yourself, and then you add devout followers, and then you add these skilled uh, technicians. And I just started parlaying one thing into another, and and keep leveraging the next thing and next thing, and and got them bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, some were really successful, and some uh, were not as successful. You know, were complete failures. I have had a, you know, you have a few of those in your in your career. When you do a couple hundred of them, you you kind of figure out what's good and what's bad pretty quick. Absolutely. What are some of the most, you, you mentioned both the hits and the misses. I finally learned more from avoiding other people's mistakes than we do just trying to emulate their success. What were some of the biggest misses and what did you learn from them? Well, I, probably my biggest miss ever was I, I started a pheasant farming operation. I was so fast, passionate about pheasants. I, I tried to corner the market on pheasants until I realized there wasn't one. Um, you know, and I, I feel- Pheasants is in the bird? Yeah, it's in the bird. Yeah, I was going to, I was two things. One, I knew that the pheasant hunting was going to be big and they're going to need these birds in order to hunt them. So you got to raise these chicks and then turn them loose, you know, into the wilds. So that was one. Second was, geez, let's smoke these pheasants. Let's create a, you know, a slaughter facility and, and let's serve smoked pheasants and pheasants into the glass. And, and I found out there wasn't a huge market for it. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you, you think it is. But yet, you know, you build it and hope they come, and the only thing you have is a pheasant farm in the middle of South Dakota. So, you know, when was that? Oh, this was back in the late '80s is when I first did that one. Um, you know, but you, you just you have those things uh, that you do. Usually, my biggest worst failures have always been around me not sticking to the basics or taking my eye off the ball. And, you know, we get, I call it the Johnny Vegas syndrome. We get big and we get to starting doing deals for doing deals and we forget the basics. And every time you forget the basics, it's usually when it bites you in the ass. And so um, that's just one of the things I do. I, I don't, I don't go against my gut anymore. And I pretty much just stick to the basics and, and really try to focus in on my own conditions of satisfaction and my own deliverables. Excellent lesson. Uh, let's talk a little bit. How did you get to be CMO of Kodak, and what were some of your biggest wins there? Well, you know, at Kodak, I, I was working uh, as a consultant, and I went to Kodak with the idea that they should look at a couple of these companies that I had been working with and saying, look, it fits into your core strategy in terms of imaging science and material science, and this is the things you're doing, and this is a nice, nice, you know, nice portfolio company and they started buying some of those nights so then once they bought one i went and said let's go find another and and another and before long they said hey you need to come and help us run this and and so i worked with them on saying oh yeah i'll do this but i want to become the chief marketing officer i'd like to do this at, at this level and and they said well if you come and do this you do this and we'll give you the shot at it and i so that's how i parlayed it and and of course it was a, a lot of it was the people i knew and the reputation i built 
in the industries that I'd been working in. You know, I, I, I knew about everybody there was in that industry, and I was, you know, quite frankly, well-respected uh, because I always did the things I said I was going to do or did them better than, than what I promised, so over-delivered. And so that, that kind of helps you a great deal. I've been, a, you know, somewhat of a master networker in terms of just keeping in touch with just so many executives. And so that's how I, you know, really parlay that. Not much different than any anything else, you think. I just learned that, you know, hey, I was from South Dakota. I could go do this in, you know, in Iowa and in, in, in Illinois. And then I started figuring out, well, geez, I could do this in New York. And then I could do this in Japan. I could do this worldwide. And so I learned very quickly that uh, don't let the boundaries, you know, uh, limit you in what you want to do. Uh, the, the things around Kodak I, that I'm most proud of is that, we energized the company, and most people would say, well, you didn't energize it enough because, you know, a couple of years after you left it, it went bankrupt, which was true. Um, but they should have been bankrupt decades and decades and decades ago, and, and yet we gave them a longer run, run length. So we saved a lot of jobs, and we saved uh, what I think was an iconic company, regardless of its, of its, of its Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, uh, years after I left it. And in my successes around there were the things that are left at Kodak today are the things that I helped to sell to them. And it's the core business of what they've got. And without that, they would, they would try, quite frankly, have not much to sell and not much to operate on. So those core businesses that I went to Kodak with and said, you should look at adding this, those are the businesses that are running there today and the most profitable piece of business they've got. That is absolutely incredible. What on um, and how did you transition from Kodak to the Hazlet Group and C Suite? Well, I've always done um, my Hazlet stuff in between every gig. You know, I'd I'd sell these companies and then I'd start up my little consulting practice again. Although my consulting practice is 50 people, so um, and and while I was at Kodak, I had this idea of one of the things I always saw that was very very helpful. Seth was executives getting together with other executives, and I started finding that. Billion-dollar companies like to do business with billion-dollar companies. CMOs like to do business with CMOs and so forth and so on. So I said we should really create some kind of CEO network. And then as I started, as I left Kodak, I got tapped to do a television show at Bloomberg that I came up with the idea called the C-Suite, which is when you see things going on in the C-Suites or with companies, what was the discussion like? What was the conversation that occurred around the table uh, in the C-suite, because not a lot of people get to hear those conversations. And You know, I've been lucky in my career to have been sitting at the C-suite for many, many conversations, and I always found them that I learned a great deal. Um, and they were very profound lessons from those discussions. And so I decided to create a television show around that, things that I would see and what happened and how it occurred. And as a result of that, the, the, the popularity of that show I said, we should really look at a network that's not based just on CEOs, but based on the entire teams, because it's not that it's just the CEO, it's the team. And without a team, you got, you got, you don't have much. Um, I mean, you have something. Without question, we've got great leaders in, in the CEO spots. But yet, it's, it's the CFO, it's the CMO, it's the CIO, it's the chief develop, uh, digital officer, it's a, you know, it's all chief technology officer. Uh, it's all of those together that make make the thing work, and without all of them together, you, you don't have as much. Absolutely. What is – now, C-Suite has morphed from mm -hmm. just being a show to being an entire company to being an entire brand with multiple conferences every year. Talk a little bit about that journey. 
Yeah, well, we today the C-suite executive uh, C-suite network is for executives, and it's the most vetted, trusted network in the world for C-suite uh, professionals. And so we've got today 500,000 executives who are part of it. We're growing at 10,000 a week. Um, we have four con- distinct parts. One's a community. The second part we have is around the content. So we have TV shows, we have podcasts uh, like yours and others. We have uh, book club. We have uh, news. And then our third C, if we talk the three or four pillars, is around the um, the convene or a chance to meet, which are our conferences, our salons, our online digital events, uh, and then special activities uh, that we might do. Because sometimes we, we do fishing events or, or retreats and things like that that are kind of nice to do just because we can. And it's a... Uh, we, we like to make sure that executives have a well-rounded uh, lifestyle. And then the fourth piece is our concierge, which is our services. So we provide services to those companies that are part of the network and to the individuals who run them. With all that you've done and everything that you've built, what and all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Uh, well, it's always like it's no bigger than any other business that you run, small or big, it's around scale, right? It's to make sure that we have enough cash to run the business, um, enough uh, sales to continue to grow the business, and enough margin to be able to repeat it and do it again and again and again. So, um, and, and then delivering, I think, the best quality experience that you possibly can for your customer's clients. So, you know, I, I've never seen them to, to be much different on any business. You know, everybody says, well, we're so much different. Well, really, no, you're not. You're, you're, you're concerned about growth. You're concerned about building the brand value. You're concerned about um, uh, doing it profitably. Uh, you're concerned about margins and, and market share. And you're concerned about making sure a team that gets along very well. And with that, you deliver great experiences. So those, those are always the things I think we would, no matter whether you're selling a widget, you're selling a service, or, you know, um, doing, doing a, a new app or whatever it might be. I think those are the things we're most concerned about. And, and so and there's no difference between a business on Main Street and one on Wall Street. It's just the numbers of zeros. And so it really is doing the same things, but just a different scale. That makes absolute sense. With every all the balls you've got in the air, how do you keep track of it all, and how do you get so much done in a day? <laughs> you know, I've, I I got a lot of great apps. That's one. Uh, two, um, I get very focused on the things I've got to do. I'm still a a little bit of a computer guy, but a lot of paper where I keep just a simple list in front of me, what I call ma- management action report. Um, which are the key items that I need to be responsible for. So what am I, what's going on in sales? What's going on with my investors? What's going on with our deliverables in our community, deliverables in the conferences, deliverables with the content, deliverables in our concierge, you know? And so it's really about checking those lists and making sure the focus is on the things and then saying every day when I wake up, what are the most important five things I've got to get done for the day? And then I just focus on those five things and anything else is a distraction unless they need to replace the five things that are on my on my desk for the day. So the same thing, you know, I, I was on the MSNBC here recently talking about this for entrepreneurs, and they said, what's the big tip you give? I said, look at every day as though you can change it. And that means I look at my calendar. I might have a full calendar. I might say, nope, not going to do any of those items today because this is now more important. And and so that's really have, you have to focus in on the things that are most important for your business. And and allow yourself and give yourself permission 
to change those because otherwise you get locked into calendars, you get locked into checking your email, you get locked into those. And I really don't, I really, I have to, the more I find I step away from that kind of thinking and into what are the five things I got to get done today, usually I feel one, a lot better, and two, I've moved the needle a lot more than if I let the other things uh, drive me. What, uh, you mentioned computers and paper. What are some of your favorite, you know, software programs or apps you use to stay so productive? Uh, there's a couple of them. You know, I love Expense uh, Cloud because I can just take pictures and, and, and keep track of my expenses on the fly. I love my United app. I love my Marriott app for travel. You know, I, 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 got, I don't have an assistant anymore um, because I just do everything with apps. It's so much, it's so much different than what it used to be. Um, but another app that I love, I think it's my secret weapon, it's SaneBox, S-A-N-E Box. In fact, if you go to their website and you type in www.sanebox, I've been such an advocate, they gave me my own discount code, <laughs> and, and, you, and you put forward slash Hazlet, and they'll give you two weeks free. This is a freaking unbelievable app. Um, I used to wake up with hundreds of emails in the morning. Now I wake up with like eight because I teach it over a period of a couple of days Put this email in a black box. Put this in newsletters. Put this in later. Put this in, um, you know, special folders. And what it does is over three days it learns those things, and I never see them again or it does the things I want. Or let's say, Seth, you and I are trying to get together for lunch or have a meeting, and I say, hey, how's Tuesday's look, and I send you an email. I can tag it with, like, two days at sanebox.com, and then two days later it pops back in my email because you didn't respond back. And I get to say, hey, Seth, what's going on? Did you get my email? And, and so it keeps track of all these things for me. And if you do respond, it doesn't pop back in my email box. And that's just freaking cool. I'm telling you, this has been my biggest secret. It's like 10 bucks, 20 bucks a month. I don't care. I pay a lot more for it, to be honest with you. And I actually I deployed that in every single team member's body. Every team member has this now. That is an absolutely incredible tool. We will certainly send our listeners there and go check, tell them to go check that out. Uh, for our listeners who'd like to learn more about all things Hazlet and the C-Suite Network, where should we send them? Well, just go to hazlet.com, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T.com. You can certainly look at C-Suite Network.com, uh, C-Suite TV, C-Suite Book Club, C-Suite Radio. We're, we're at all those places. So if you just look at the hashtag C-Suite, you can find us. And anything else you want, a fascinating interview, anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? No, just the biggest things that make every day count, you know, just like everybody always says, says stuff like that. But, you know, truly, that's what you should be doing. So make every freaking day count because, you know, it's one it's one step closer either to death or one step closer to retirement. And you can look at each either one, whichever way you want. All right. This has been Seth Green with a fascinating interview with Jeffrey Hazlett of C-Suite Network and hazlet.com. Jeff, again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here. My pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world, and I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take 
the500challenge.com. That's www.takethe500challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>